They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poet's part Bright light city life I gotta make it This is where it goes down I just happen to come up hard Legal or illegal baby I gotta make it I never it. took a straight path nowhere Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to or watching The Powercast. And today we will be recapping Power Book 2 Ghost Season 2, Episode 7, and the episode is titled Forced Hand. I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And I'm also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you, Dana? Hello, everyone. I am excited to talk another episode. Me too. Very excited. Uh, this was, you know, it was a pretty good episode. Like, a lot a lot happened. I think the pacing seemed a bit better as well in this episode. Like, it wasn't as, like, you know, fast-moving as the others. Like, it, 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 was, it moved at a decent pace, I think. But, uh, but a lot still happened. So, yeah, pretty good. So, um, as usual, we're, we're going to get into, you know, our takeaways. You know, each of us are going to give our takeaways of this episode. And then after, we will get into, like, a discussion segment where we ask questions about the episode and what we think is going to happen, you know, next and everything like that. Um, but before that, I just want to remind you guys that if you do enjoy the content, if you enjoy the PowerCast, it is very important that you, you know, like the video, leave a comment and, you know, consider subscribing to the channel also because these things help us to grow. It helps us to, you know, um, cover more of these shows that we all love as well. So, yeah, definitely uh, take the time out to engage with the content and hit the like button, leave a comment or subscribe. Uh, it definitely helps us out a lot. Um and yeah, so we'll get right into our takeaways now. And this week, I'm going to go first. So I have uh, I have three takeaways here. Um, the first one is regarding Monet. So we had a scene in this episode where it was kind of like a throwback moment where, uh, you know, uh, Monet was at the bar and um, she's like... Uh, somebody shows up who's the wife of, you know, Uncle Frank. And this is someone who who uh, Monet apparently killed in the first season. Um, and um, the reason, you know, this stood out to me because it's, it's like it's easy for us, the viewer, to forget that, you know, these characters have been killed, have been killed off. You know, it's easy for us to forget because the show is so fast moving and there's always new stuff happening. But like having this scene kind of um, it makes it feel a bit real because then it's like, oh, there is actually a consequence of this character losing their life. Like, you know, it makes it feel a bit real, like, oh, you know, this this guy that was killed off that we you know, we didn't even think about this character again, you know, until now. Um, his wife is actually struggling now because of his loss, you know, because of him disappearing or whatever, and she doesn't know the truth about what happened, but it just goes to show that um, there is weight to these actions, you know, that, you know, the characters uh, take part in. So 
So that was pretty cool, you know, that they added that in. I'm sure that's going to go somewhere else as well in the story. Um, I'm sure they didn't do that for no reason. Um, but yeah, that was just a cool little thing that stood out, you know, um, in this episode. And um, also, you know, we saw what happened with Carrie in this episode. Uh, you know, she was she was supposed to give a speech at Jabari's memorial. And, uh, you know, obviously it was very awkward for her. People were talking about her, the students, the you know, the staff and everything. Um, and then, you know, she, she ended up not being able to complete the speech and she stormed off. And then she had that conversation with Tate, you know, who showed up. And I'm feeling like, you know, based on what happened with Carrie in this episode, I'm starting to feel like they are setting this character up to leave uh, Power Book 2 Ghost, but I think she will reappear in, in, in uh, influence with Tate. So I'm thinking maybe she strikes some sort of partnership with Tay or, you know, they might even get together. You don't know. But but yeah, like I'm thinking these two characters will appear together um, in in influence, you know, Tate's show. So, yeah, it just kind of felt like they were setting something up here, you know, with Carrie in this episode um, and, you know, just the way things uh, progress, because because me personally, I don't see how much further the character can go at the school now because it's like her reputation is in shambles. Like everyone knows that she was sleeping with Zeke. And that's a big deal. Like that's something that won't go away if you're a teacher, you know, if you're a professor or whatever and you're sleeping with a student, that's going to follow you your whole career, you know. Um, and I think you can get arrested for that or something, you know. So, um that's not, you know, that's that's not something to take lightly. So I just don't see how long she can continue to to work at Stansfield. Um, so I think it would make sense to have the character do something else in in the power universe. So I, I think they might be setting that up. Uh, that's just, you know, why I think. But maybe you guys can can chime in, you know, at, at another time or something. But um, yeah, so that's another thing that stood out to me. And then also um, something that I'm probably going to bring up later, but uh, Brayden obviously overheard the conversation, you know, that his dad and Rashad Tate had at the event. And, you know, we, we, we know from this watching this episode that, um, you know, um, Tariq has given, well, he, he's told Tay about, you know, the blackface photo and everything of Sweeney being in blackface and that, um, you know, the Western, uh, Braden's father, he, he was involved, you know, in the picture also. And, um, you know, Tariq and Braden obviously discussed this and Braden wanted to protect his father. Um, and, you know, Tariq was like, you know, you, you always talk about how you you have white privilege and this is your chance to, you know, kind of, you know, get, get rid of that. Like you, this is your chance to really, you know, do something for the culture, you know, for us. And, and um, so he was trying to convince Braden that this was the right move, but Braden wasn't really with it. But then, you know, we see that um, he layer over his, you know, that conversation. So now he knows that Tariq actually went ahead with, you know, telling Tate about the photo and everything. So I'm wondering, you know, what the result of that will be. Um, and yeah, like, because cause this is a time now, like Tariq, by the end of this episode, Tariq is at a critical time. 
where he needs the help of everyone. You know, the trial is coming up. Kane basically told him that, you know, there's no more supply coming in and he has to make money on his own to pay, to pay, uh, you know, Davis McLean or whatever. So, so yeah, he's at a very desperate time at the end of this episode and he's going to need his friends more than ever. So I'm wondering if, if that whole blackface thing is going to come between them again. Um, and yeah, because uh, I, I definitely think in the next episode, Tariq might call on Brayden and Effie to help him raise money for the trial. So I wonder, I wonder, you know, what where Brayden's loyalties will lie if it will be with his family or with Tariq. So yeah, uh, but yeah, that's just my uh, takeaways. I'm sure you guys are gonna point out some stuff that I haven't yet. So. I'm quite excited to hear what what, what you have. And uh, we're going to go to Dana Abercrombie now. So, Dana, what were your takeaways from this episode? All right. So, forgive me because my notes are a wee bit discombobulated. But as always, as always, sorry, we start off with what the lesson of the week or of the episode. And basically what we've learned is that... Um, the lesson that is is presented is um should we make decisions for other people without their consent if so when and how and decisions are made for us all the time without us knowing we talk about politicians and how they jump up and make decisions for us like eric adams is trying to kill us in new york city uh and so what happens when people kind of take control over our life and you could say oh, parts of our destiny or oh, what we're supposed to be going on and with that track. And this brings me to Mecca. Mecca had a, when he went and confronted his son, Zeke, he had the tattoo, which don't know, Ezekiel 2517. You would most likely know this from Pulp Fiction. Well, just to sum it up, which is basically saying that I will bring vengeance upon thee with furious anger. We all know that from the Samuel Jackson line in Pulp Fiction. And it's basically saying, you know, anyone who decides to cross me, I, I'm going to come and get them. And I feel that this these two the lessons and that tattoo and the meaning behind the the biblical tattoo go hand in hand in the sense that when we act out of fear or when we act out of anger we have a way to influence other people and we have a way to control kind of their destiny and what is supposed to be so we have um mecca running around telling zeke about his, his his parenthood, his parentage. Where did he come from? And that, of course, upsets Monet and changes everything that she was going to do. And it causes a much bigger rift in their relationship. Uh, she she basically said, "I don't want anything to do with you. Please leave me and my son alone." And now you have Zeke who thought everything was one way and kind of merry and bright. Now he's questioning where he comes from. And even though he had the conversation with his mom who said, you know, forget about it. Your, your dad's in jail and lying to him. There's something that he can't ignore from this. And it is taking him away. You would say from his path and people are making decisions for him by not telling him 
where he actually came from. And she is continuing to hide the truth from her family and from other people. We also touched upon Lorenzo. He's being back. And they had a very interesting conversation where this is interesting in the sense that I finally understood Will Monet and why she was miserable, where she was coming from. But I can't say so in like season one because she was miserable even though Lorenzo was gone. But I kind of can understand that. In the sense that Lorenzo said her, she she known Lorenzo since they was both sixteen, and she chose a particular not Lorenzo. I'm sorry, Mecca, since she was sixteen, and they broke up, and she ended up going with Lorenzo, who I'm gonna assume she wasn't you know old when she got with him. She was fairly young as well, and Lorenzo's actions and decisions kind of affected and influenced her path in life. And while she does have all of this money and she is accumulated, you we consider a career, illegal as it may be, she's unfulfilled and she's unhappy by going down this path that Lorenzo is choosing for her and is still continuing to choose for her. She's putting her foot down and saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And she's actually voicing that. And Lorenzo is not taking her words to heart. He's not listening to her. He keeps brushing her aside and she's utterly miserable. That's what I got from, from with this episode and everything that she's been operating and moving to was a chance at, you know, freedom. And the reason why she was so paranoid, especially in the first season was because she was afraid of her goal of getting out and the family getting out of going of of that just disappearing. And yes, you could say it's still wrong because they're all relying on Zeke as basically the money ticket. But for someone, I think she feels that she does not have those skill sets to go out and branch on her own to do something that doesn't involve drugs in order to get the money. And the money that she has from the drug business is way more than she'll get from working in anyone's nine to five, anyone's corporate office. I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos, you know, you just accumulate more that way. So the decision-making that Lorenzo has done for her and the path that he continues to set for her is influencing still Monique to this day, not Monique, sorry, Monet to this day, and you can feel that kind of sense of utter depression. Then you have what's going on with Drew and Everett. You know, um, I really feel that the family keeps saying his mouth keeps running, his mouth keeps going. And there was that moment where Drew was, not Drew, I'm sorry, what's his name? No, it is Drew. Sorry. So there was that moment where Drew was going to kill Everett and make that decision. And instead, because of that, I love you text, he's not going to do that. But I feel the decision is going to be made for him by either Kane or Lorenzo. He keeps hanging around. And you remember how they kept saying, especially Lorenzo, no, no loose ends, no loose ends. And I can't think, and that was for an actual reason. And while, you know, Drew will live to see this, this moment in this episode, he's, he has to count his days. His days are numbered. Um, very much so. Then we have to go on with Tariq. Very interesting thing was when Tariq was in jail and he was offered the deal and he said no. 
and said he wants to go to trial. And everyone was saying, you have the opportunity to not be your father. They was trying to make the decision for him. And I think Tariq, in order for him to grow, has to start making decisions for himself. He can no longer rely on his daddy's lawyers or his daddy's conservator people to, to kind of guide him. And by him saying no, really kind of felt like the first time when Tariq became the boy and he's now becoming a man. He's making his own decisions for himself. Because if you looked at it, then they touched upon this in the episode. Everyone has been making decisions for him. His father's been making decisions, you know, his grandma, everything. And he really did not have a say. And that you could say molded Tariq into the person that he is today. But it's up to Tariq to to mold himself into the person he wants to be tomorrow. So that's what I really got from that lesson and and from what they was trying to bring forth today um lastly with my other point um was the whole picture situation with Braden and and Tariq Braden really wants to protect his family you, you know you may have inner struggles with your family I'm like I can't stand my dad I can't stand my mom but nothing is gonna tear us apart only I can kind of do that and when you have someone from the outside Tariq trying to take down Sweeney for Tate and and kind of wield his hand. Remember he said, Tate said, not Tate, Sweeney said to Tate, I'm not going to be blackmailed. Um, whatever it is, you're not going to do it to me. And, and Tate said that word blackface. He said, oh, blackmail or blackface. And he is trying to make the decision for him to step down and this can have very big blowback on not just Sweeney, but also the family. And then we've also seen at the table how it'll have ripple effects. And remember, the daughter is trying to get in to the school as well. The mother just seems to be getting into the drinks and, and to Jabari's uh, or Jabari, um, his book. So it just shows how basically overall the how people will make decisions for you and how it can end up blowing back on not just the person who's making the decision but the person who they're making the decision for so that's kind of like the really big main ones that i got here i mean there's obvious these other little things that was going on especially with the whole diane situation and carrie you know she completely got embarrassed at the dinner <laughs> trying to control everything and control the narrative and that completely blew up in her face and she was left just crying and 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 Tate right there always the opportunistic you know coming right there with a I have an offer for you so I, I really liked what they was trying to do with this episode I really liked what um they accomplished there's of course a lot of different other things with um you can look at Yasmin and Tariq's situation, he's making the decision to not put her on the stand because Yasmin will just be torn apart. And he does not want that kind of weight and pressure to be on such a young person. And you can feel the love that he does have for his sister. Because remember, his other sister died technically by his decision. And so he's now choosing this decision to protect her. And I just thought that, you know, overall, like I said, this was a very strong episode. I really appreciate what they're doing with it. And and Mecca is going to just go completely crazy, which I appreciate and love. Awesome. Nice takeaways there. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, 
I want to chime in on too, but we'll, we'll do it later in the discussion segments because some of that stuff relates to, you know, what I have to talk about. But yeah, uh, great takeaways right there. So uh, we're going to go right to Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. now and get his takeaways from this episode. So hit us, Rich. First and foremost, uh, as always, excellent t- takeaways by Gary and Dana. Um, and we are going to get into a couple of the other things that you both discussed. Uh, for me, this episode, it, there were about three main takeaways, and there are a couple, a couple of quick tidbits that I also want to mention. Now, I want to say right now, Gary, I have no idea what questions you're going to ask. So if I say some of this stuff, uh, don't worry. We'll probably discuss it a little bit further when you get into the question segment. Oh, yeah. No problem, man. <clears throat> okay. So first takeaway of this episode, the highlight for me is the ongoing power struggle between Drew, Lorenzo, and Kane. Uh, this episode, I think it did a very good job of showing you, you know, Kane was afraid to give the Mecca contact to his father, but then we do learn at the end of the last episode that Mecca told Kane, hey, I want to meet your father. And then you saw how uneasy he was from the moment that he met that 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 Lorenzo met Mecca, how much uneasy he he was about that whole entire situation. Now he was already jealous of his brother Drew, and the fact that he is being seen as the next true successor for the family. Um, I really think this episode did a very good job of showing Drew and some of the struggles that he has to deal with, as Dana alluded to. Uh, what, what she said earlier about him having a moment where he was thinking about killing Everett. Well, the problem is that one lesson that Lorenzo taught in this episode is that there are no loose ends. You need to tie up all your loose ends. So I kind of feel like Everett, something is probably going to happen to Everett before the end of the season, uh, whether it whether it's that Drew is going to be forced to do it or, as Dana said, that decision is going to be made for him. And I think that Kane, because he is such so jealous about the fact that his brother is the one that's now being seen as the successor, I could definitely see Kane being the one to take care of that. But again, we'll see how it plays out. I do like how they developed the story in this episode in terms of showing you what is the family struggle going on with these three characters. And I will also add in uh, as far as Lorenzo was concerned, I know that you mentioned earlier, Gary, that we saw uh, Frank's wife show up uh, in this episode. Her name is Evelyn. It's play- She's played by, uh, I believe her name is... Uh, Lauren Val Valdez, you know her because she was on New York Undercover, which is probably one of my favorite shows. So I want to give a shout out to Power for acknowledging some of these actors and actors that have been on some of the older shows that were great. But yeah, um, I, I just wanted to make this comment because we spoke about this yesterday because I know there was some confusion as to who Frank was. And of course, as Dana alluded to, yes. This is, you know, he's 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 a relative of the family. Last season, uh, Monet had him killed. But what I thought was important about that scene is that <clears throat> I feel like that is a foreshadowing of what could potentially happen to Lorenzo down the road. We know that Lorenzo, before he got out, he told Sachs on a call, "Hey, I'll tell you everything you need to know." So it could be revealed later that one, either Lorenzo snitched and revealed some important intel to the police to help him get out, or, and this is a very big or, 
Lorenzo's going to have the exact same fate as Frank and ends up getting killed. So I think that that's why they put that in this episode to basically give you an idea of what could happen to Lorenzo moving forward. Uh, We know that right now he's working with Mecca. He's pretty confident in that relationship. He thinks he has the upper hand, but we'll see how that goes as the situation moves forward. But yeah, very good development again for those three characters. Uh, The other two quick takeaways I wanted to mention uh, you both alluded to already Uh, Tate. I like what they did with him. I like what they did with him in this episode and the whole line that Dana mentioned about <clears throat> blackmail or you mean blackface. I thought that I, I was entertained by that. I was laughing. Um, it's a very interesting choice for a scandal. It makes perfect sense. I think what Braden, you know, it, 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 if this was just about Sweeney, I don't think Braden would care that much, but, but the fact that his father is involved now, this is what makes it a lot more personal because something, his father was also in that same photo. So we'll see what happens. I also think it's interesting how when him and Tariq had that conversation, he told Tariq, no, whatever you do, I don't want my, I don't want this coming down on my family. I don't want my father getting in trouble. And you saw that Tariq played his, his cards and said, oh, don't worry. Nothing's going to happen, uh, Brayden. I'll make sure that, you know, you, you, that you're protected. And he also told the, tried to have the exact same conversation with Tate. And of course you saw Tate switch up real quick and said, no, I helped you out, so you're definitely going to help me out, regardless of what you think, and it doesn't matter. So that kind of tells me that Brayden and and, and Tariq might have another falling out because this situation is not going to end well. The father is definitely going to feel impacted by this, so I'm curious to see how they tell that story. But uh, the fact that they put it all out there, what the scandal is and stuff like that, it's it's not going to end well for uh, the family. So... We'll see which path they decide to go down. And uh, the final takeaway that I wanted to mention, uh, and this is about Tariq basically was, once again, the focal point of this episode. I thought it was very interesting that they brought back Paula, who used to work with Davis McLean. They had their whole little relationship stuff. And it was mentioned that she was Tariq's alibi. But I find it very interesting that Tariq is basically positioning himself to basically say, I'm not going to agree to a plea deal. So it makes you question, how is he going to get out of this situation? Obviously, if he snitches and tell them, tells them that Kane did it, well, there's going to be consequences that come from that. And he already said that he's not going to snitch. This is why I think it was important to introduce the conflict between Drew and Kane, because Drew might end up helping Tariq take down Kane one way or another. And as you said last week, Gary, it's very likely that Kane does get arrested so that they delay the inevitable showdown with Tariq. But that showdown most certainly has to happen at some point. I just, I don't want them to rush it. Let it happen naturally, how they already are envisioning it to happen. But we'll see how they decide to, to basically deal with that situation. Now, just a a few quick tidbits I want to mention because these are important and these might be where some of your questions are going to stem from Gary. Um, just a few quick things I noticed about this episode. Number one, we know that Tariq had sex with Diana. This, I think, was a bad mistake. And when he did this, he told her two things. Number one, I want you to make sure that you're okay with it and make sure that Monet never finds out. Okay? So we know the last week, Monique, I'm, I'm going to say last week, Tariq revisited his relationship with Effie. So he's messing around with Effie now. And now you're messing around with Diana. Um, this is just my opinion, and I said this to you, Gary, and I'm going to say it on the show. 
I think Tariq is a lot more sloppier than his father was because he's messing around with three different women now. You already was messing around with Lauren. You've had all three of them. So maybe Ghost will be happy. We'll be proud of his son. But I mean, that's that's just it's, it's not not a very wise decision. It's going to have some bad consequences for him later. So that's number one. Another quick point I want to mention is when they had that class debate uh, that when, when as Dana alluded to earlier about the whole theme of the discussion that they were having in the classroom, that's when it was revealed that Lauren was a part of that drug bus. And I, and I paid attention to that scene because Tariq did not know about that information and he tried to talk to her after the fact. So I don't know if he's going to start putting two and two together and think maybe she did play a role in him getting, you know, get, getting set up. I mean, we have to see how that plays out ultimately, but I thought it was very interesting that they focused on that because that was information that Tariq did not know about prior to this episode. So that's number one. And then the final last tidbit of information that I noticed from this episode is that we saw that Diana did see that Monet was getting texts from Dante. And then she proceeded to ask Zeke. Well, Zeke told her, oh, yeah, I was approached by this guy that says he's my father, Dante. He didn't, I, mean, I don't recall if he said the name. He just said he was approached by this guy. So I think that Diana is going to start to put the pieces together about why Monet didn't really care about Lorenzo getting out of jail, why she's not trying to pursue that relationship still. And I'm very curious to see what happens because now that she's asking questions, now that she's seen some of these texts, it it, it leaves things very wide open. So uh, Monet needs to play it safe, uh, but we'll see how that handles. And I'm sorry, the very last thing I want to mention, as for Monet, Oh boy. She said something very interesting in this episode that I was just, I was so disgusted when she tells Zeke, Oh, your father is is in prison. (laughs) So she is still digging herself deeper into this whole thing where she doesn't want to tell Zeke, Oh, yeah, I'm actually your mother. That is going to have very bad consequences later. So we'll see what happens. But overall, Fantastic episode, a lot of story development, a lot of stuff happening with different characters, and I'm very curious to see how they tie this all together over the next couple of episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, look at that. Rich is a mind reader, because we're, we're going to be talking about <laughs> all of that right now, so I'm, I'm glad you brought all that up. But yeah, awesome. uh, ec- excellent takeaways, though. Um, I, I like your foreshadowing as well, because uh, I, know, I know Dana talked about it, too. Um, the foreshadowing with, you know, the, the Uncle Frank and how that might relate to, you know, Lorenzo and what might happen in that situation, you know, with Lorenzo being out and, you know, um, maybe he'll end up dead as well, you know, or maybe something will come out about his case or, you know. Um, so, yeah, I like that foreshadowing. Um, I don't have a solid prediction on that, but but that what you said definitely makes sense in my head. So, so yeah, that that's excellent. Um but yeah, so let, let's get into our, uh, you know, questions slash discussion segment uh, real quick. Just another reminder, if you're enjoying the show, you know, please do in, engage in uh, the conversation. We have a lot of great comments, usually um, a lot of people giving their theories and their takes about the episode. So feel free to join in, you know, on the YouTube page. Uh, we also have an Instagram, which is a Powercast show. So, you know, feel free to to, to head over there and leave some comments and, you know, get get engaged as well. 
Um, and we are on social media and all our social media information is 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 on screen as well uh, and on the podcast stream. So uh, definitely, you know, you know, get uh, get engaged, people. But let's get into our questions and discussions. So uh, Richard brought up a lot of great stuff there um, and Dana, too, actually, as well, that uh, we are definitely going to going to be talking about. So, man, I don't even know where to start because it's so juicy, but um so let's get to uh let, let's get to uh the the you know the, the the juiciest one so did like we we saw what happened with diana um you know she saw the text message on monet's phone from d um and you know um later on there's like a uh there's a scene where diana is talking to zeke and you know zeke is is basically you know explaining what happened with the, the guy who who uh you know approached him at the court and then he also tells her about what Monet said you know that it's all lies and you know she said to just focus on on his uh you know on his career and everything on his basketball so you know my question is 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 Diana gonna make that connection or did she make it already you know because you she 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 actually when she saw Tariq as well she asked him about D she asked him if he if he knows D so that's that's you know that's already in her head like after seeing the text message she's like who who's d and then you know um zeke actually mentioned the name he said dante you know so she could make that connection now um put, and try and put two and two together a little bit so um is she going to make that connection and are we going to see that in the next episode is basically you know the, the first question so um, I'm I'm gonna head to you first, Dana. What do you think about that? I don't I don't know how how much into it we'll get to see it in episode. I don't know how many episodes is in the season. Um, ten, I believe. Ten, and we're on yeah. seven. So we have three more left. Oh, so we're gonna get it within the three weeks. Mm. Um. Yes, but I think more importantly, you have to worry, wonder about members of the family setup. So we do know that originally Diana is on her daddy's side, Lorenzo, and she wanted to be right by his side. And the fact that there she's she wanted to go to school, she technically got that. She just has to go to St. John's, which is a very good school, by the way. I'm sorry, but anyway. Um, what was really interesting with this episode that she said was, I thought it would bring my family closer and instead they're further apart. So her decision to kind of sidestep the mom and to actually, I, you really can't talk to Monet because she doesn't seem someone who's open. She's always yelling and cursing at the kids. It's like, good morning, mom. And they're like, oh, deaf you. But well, okay. Um, the issue there is I wonder if she's going to start regretting some of her decisions and whether or not she's going to be able to tap into her mother and realize because she knows that her mom wants to get out of the game and she knows that Lorenzo, her dad, wants to stay in the game. Um so what was really interesting with this, though, is that she keeps referring to Lorenzo as dad and Monet is Monet and not mom. So that was a that was really interesting dynamic. Who's that baby mama? No, it's really her. But I, you know, you just kind of see the relationship that she has with Monet. Monet is not like call me mom, and I'm mommy. It's my name is Monet. 
separate. She doesn't have those motherly instincts, which we all, we got that from the first episode. Um, so it's she's a very smart girl, and she's going to be able to figure everything out. My question is, will she withhold that information from Lorenzo, seeing that the family is already more torn apart? And that information could make it even more torn apart. She does not like Monet. But I don't think she ever wants to see her dad or to see harm come across her, even though Monet was the one who also put hands on her. There's a lovely meme running around with, you know, um, Diana looking like Shirley Caesar and Mary J. Blige choking her out. But that is is the real twist because I feel that it would be just too easy for like her to run to dad and then dad tries to choke out mom uh, so instead maybe she can see something or see it another way um, what's bigger at play is what happens when the secret comes out on Zeke actually being her brother and not her cousin um, that should be the, the biggest thing and whether or not she will feel that Monet betrayed um, Lorenzo, but the thing is, it's really interesting with the relationship dynamic because it doesn't seem like she was cheating on Mecca. I mean, cheating on Mecca with Lorenzo or cheating on Lorenzo with Mecca. There wasn't any cheating. He went to jail and she moved on with her life. Yeah. So, she just, um, just yeah. lied. Yes. She lied about him and said, oh, the baby's not real. And in a way, I don't blame her for that. She was very young. She didn't want to be caught up at that moment with that, oh, you're going to jail and you, you're running back and forth and your dad is in prison. And technically you'll be a statistic, even though she technically became a statistic. You, your plans and what you hope for, you know, and your ideas are, may, are way different than what actually ends up happening. And so in a weird way, yes, you can say it's wrong to keep a father away from their child. But in that weird way, I understand where Monet was coming from. So to answer your question, it's going to happen within this first season. And I think that she might, she will find out because she's very smart. But my question is, will she withhold that information from Lorenzo? Yeah, good point. Um, Because I guess like, you know, if she's able to make the connection that this D is the Dante that was talking to Zeke, um, she still can't really prove much just from that alone. So I think what she would do is um, she would probably do some additional digging or she would, you know, spy on Monet or something like that um, to find out what's really going on, I guess. Um, you know, because she she doesn't know anything about, you know, Monet, um, Monet's secret relationship with Dante or you know, um, anything of that nature. So, um, yeah. Uh, but I, the I conversation guess. that she had with Zeke is the one that'll really put the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Oh, some random dude was saying that I'm his dad. I'm the son. Yeah. Uh, if, she gets, if she gets like, it, it, it could be really juicy if she gets Zeke involved in her spying. So like, you know, um, if she if she says, yo, roll with me real quick, Zeke, and then, like, she follows Monet around and Monet's going to see Dante, and then, like, you know, Zeke is like, wait, that's the guy that approached me. Like, it, it might get real juicy if that if that happens. But, um, I just want to yeah. know who the mother is. Yeah, because that's another thing, because Monet was, say, she told, like, uh, well, Zeke said he's going to see his mom. But Monet is the mom, you know, so it's like, who is this placeholder template mother that, you know, she created for, for Zeke, you know? 
that's that's interesting Lil as well. But <laughs> Lil Kim. <laughs> Lil Kim gonna come on here. <laughs> this is like the 90s hip hop show, like because you got why Method not? Man. You have Method Man, Red Man, Mary J, who you would know who else was in that circle that was a female. Yeah, yeah. Foxy so, Brown, as well get her in there. Foxy yeah. Brown is around. So she there you go. It's the mom. But uh, uh Richard, uh what do you think? Uh is Diane gonna make that connection or what do you think might happen? Well, before I answer that question, I, I, I want to respond to something that Dana said real quick. Um, I, I think that Dana made a good point of, you know, it makes sense why she with, withheld some information about uh, Mecca, because as, as it was mentioned in this episode, they had uh, Zeke when, when they were 16 years old, he got arrested and then eventually he went to the military. So in her mind, yeah, he has not been around. So he's gone. So when she tells uh, Zeke, your father is in prison, she is basically saying that version of your father is, in my mind, he's still a, a far, far away. The, what, the problem I have now, however, is that in this episode, Mecca is texting her multiple times, hey, we need to talk. We need to talk. I want to talk, talk to my son. I need your help. She's not responding. So what's going to end up happening is this is why Mecca takes matters into his own hand and tries to start this conversation so I'm curious to see th- – that's the only issue I have. It's like I understand you have a past. You don't want the past to be known, but it's obvious that as, as this is somebody who wants to have a life with his kid, you should – you still you have to still let him know that information at some point. And you shouldn't lie to him and tell him, oh, no, he's he's gone. He's nowhere in the picture. That's just a little misleading. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm going to tell you right now, I have a feeling that when when Zeke finds out, uh, f- finally finds out the truth, yes, he will continue to be goofy, but he's gonna be very angry. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets angry because I mean, every time I see this guy I laugh because of his mannerisms and stuff. But it's it's gonna be a heartbreaking news that when he finds out the truth. I, I believe. Uh, and to answer a quick question, I do believe we're eventually going to meet his mother or the person that they claim is his mother. Yeah, we'll see. But go go ahead, Danny. You were going to say something. Yeah. No, it just, you ever like, you understand things and then you understand things a little bit differently and you're like, oh my God, an epiphany. Here's the thing. I had caffeine. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> what What's really interesting is what ha- Mary, everyone assumes 16, she had the kid. Mm-hmm. She passed off her kid as her nephew. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, usually we've seen that a lot of times. If you look at it in some families where they keep it hush-hush, and this crosses all kind of race and, and different things. Maybe sometimes it's sometimes the sister who is the, who they switch the roles, and it's like the sister, or you see the mom who's actually mom, but mom is really grandma, and we get in those families. So my thing is, what was Mary doing between the time when she switched to auntie role and to the time of which she decided to be mom auntie? What was going on in that in, in, in either household for that switch to occur? Mm-hmm. That's um, a good question. That's, that's a great question. It, it, we never got that answer. Zeke just somehow was always just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is- why? And I always thought, well, maybe mom is dead. Mom is not dead. I'm going to go see my mom. You're going to go see a ghost? No, she's alive. 
So what really is happening? And I want to know the relationship between those two characters. Yeah. In, in that life where they switch off. So that would be something that I feel is way more important than Lorenzo throwing a fit. Because at the end of the day, yes, we know Lorenzo's big and bad and he has a temper and we show it and, you know, no loose ends. But he really doesn't have a say-say in, in, in regards, you know what I mean? Like the biological parenthood say-say. Mm-hmm. Because this was a, something that happened in the past. I was wondering, does that mean that she was afraid that he wouldn't accept her past? Hmm. If she was like, hey, I have this kid by, you know, another guy who was actually in jail. Because it doesn't seem to me like, I don't know him in the past, but the present, he doesn't seem like someone who would be like, oh, I don't want you because you have a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know why she was so afraid of Lorenzo finding out who Mecca really is. And when did you become less afraid? Because if you're so afraid, why would you have that kid in your house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or have him show up to the same party in the last him. episode. So yeah, that's a very, very good question. Very good question. Yeah. That this is they're, they're definitely going to have to explain this. Cause you know, it feels like a lot of this has so far been glossed over and I don't know if they're waiting to, to like blow this wide open later on, or if certain things they're just not going to mention. Um, but like at the moment, it just kind of seems like, you know, it's the fans who kind of worked out the the logistics of how this is possible. Like, cause I saw a lot of, you know, speculating on Facebook groups and such of people saying, you know, what age she was and the fact that she had uh, Zeke first and then Kane, um, you know, so like a lot of this has been unsaid in the show, you know, um so they 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 definitely have to kind of explain i I think there might be like another hidden secret that we just don't know yet oh yeah they Um, they gotta be they gotta be some some other secrets like diana's not that kid because you make a great point like like they they need to i I just want to say real quick i've seen a lot of wild theories online so i would not be surprised i'm pretty sure there's going to be some other secrets revealed before the season is over but uh I agree. They have to explain that a little bit better. Um, and I wanted to respond to the question you asked before, Gary, um, mm-hmm. about how I think this situation is going to play out. We know that power is a show about uh, power gr- gr- gradually shifting from one person to the next. Based on how Diana has been operating with her mother, I kind of feel like once she finds out that Mecca is who Mecca actually is, she's probably going to use that against her mother. And basically say, well, you're going to tell, you're going to tell dad before I do, or else. And the, and she may use this as a way to leverage her whole situation about wanting to go to Stansfield, because I, I was thinking to myself, why would they make it such a point to say that she need she wants to go to Stansfield? Obviously, she wants to be closer to Tariq. This is what this is all about, anyway. But this this is what would give her power because we know that Monet is hesitant to tell Zeke the truth. So if you find out this information ahead of time um, and then you withhold this information and you decide, or oh, I won't tell Poppy, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell him before I tell him, Lorenzo, I mean, then, yeah, she has all the power because she's going to be forcing Monet to make that decision. She has to open up and say what's who this mecha guy is and how Zeke is re- truly is related to her. 
So that's what I think is going to end up happening if I had to make a guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I, it can go in many different directions. She can withhold information or she can just outright tell Lorenzo and let him deal with the situation. But I kind of feel like because of they made it such a point of how we had that whole scene, the last episode where Monet is literally choking Diana, I kind of feel like, okay, Diana is going to want to try to do something against her mom. So we'll see, though, how it's going to play out. By the way, all the memes about that was were, were hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead, Dana. One more. This is why I'm Team Monet because I feel that again, Monet does not have that emotional bond, and she does not know how to express herself. So she runs around just being angry all the time. Mm-hmm. But I really feel that she genuinely cares about Diana, and she does not want her to fall into her footsteps. Going to Stanfield does not mean, oh, my God, it's the education thing. She's boy crazy over Tariq. Yes. And that is the same thing where you end up, oh, you're going to follow my footsteps. I'm 16. I was pregnant. I was with Mecca. And here comes that whole cycle thing again. And that is what I think she is unable to express, but she is trying to express and why she keeps her keeps them further away but it ends up being the same thing that i'm probably sure maybe i don't know the backstory of monet but you know i'm gonna go and sneak around and not tell mom and then mom later has to probably raise a kid i don't know but yeah yeah but then there's another thing i'm sorry caffeine another thing really quickly is if monet starts acting suspicious and be like no she she has to go to sandfield whatever He's going to be like, why are you acting this way? He's going to start, you know, trying to figure out what's really going on. And he's already at that kind of paranoidish kind of point. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, we, I know y'all recall the scene where she basically tells him that, oh, yeah, my goal was to have Zeke basically pay for us to get out. He says, well, no, I'm not going to have another man provide for my family. That was a very important scene. And I knew he would have that reaction. So, uh, he has to be somewhat suspicious about why she cares so much about this about Zeke, to some extent. But. Yeah, and and the 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 irony in that is that you know because we saw um, you know Lorenzo and Mecca finally met in this episode, mm-hmm. so the irony in that statement of where you know he doesn't want another man providing for the family. Well, he already is. Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Zeke's father is providing for the family, so. <laughs> yeah. Shots fired. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Especially when he cut off that supply. Yep. That's funny. Yeah. You're right, right, Gary. <laughs> oh yeah, great, great, uh, great takes on that topic. Um let's get to uh something else here. So while we're on the Tahadas, um, you know, we saw Kane and and uh, Drew, they got into it in this episode about, you know, Everett and everything. Um, and it's clear now that Everett has to, I mean, not Everett, Drew has to handle the Everett situation, you know, because he's like a loose end. And, um, you know, that was kind of a theme for Drew throughout this episode. You know, they, it started with, you know, him, uh, him and his father going to kill that other guy. And then, of course, the woman was there who witnessed it, and Drew was trying to comfort her. Uh, but they ended up killing her anyway uh, because they don't want any loose ends. So, you know, this is a, a common theme um, for him throughout this episode. And, of course, you know, we see that he he actually went to take out Everett, but he just couldn't bring himself to do it. 
Um, so, you know, do you guys think he is finally going to end up doing that or will somebody else end up taking out Everett? And and then, you know, what might Drew's response be to that? So, uh, you know, this time I'll go over to you first, Richard. What would you think about that? Well, based upon how Drew and Kane had their falling out in this episode, I would not be surprised if Kane is the one that pulls the trigger um, on Everett. Now, obviously, it'll be a lot more dramatic if Drew does it. But the issue was that the issue there's an issue now between these two because again, Kane does not like the fact that he has been in his eyes doing all this work just so just so that his brother can take over instead of him. I mean, I understand the jealousy in which he is exhibiting right now for this, but uh, I kind of feel like we know one thing we know about Kane is he's very hot headed. He will do whatever the hell he wants to do. That's why I think, yes, he is the one that would be dumb enough to take out Everett. And if he does do that, I would say that now this, 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 this there's a possibility that this whole story can come full circle when you're talking about the question of, well, is Tariq going to be able to get off? Because we all know that Kane is the one that killed Ramirez. If you have a situation where it is discovered or say that Tariq works alongside Drew and it's revealed that let's say that Kane kills Everett, right? And then Tariq works with Drew to get that information out there. That's it. Now you have Kane as the one that's getting arrested and they may completely focus on that because one thing we do know about power, and this did happen in the regular show. There was a lot of times where there was somebody who was the suspect in in, in a murder crime and then another murder happens that immediately takes the focus off that case and puts it on to this other one. So if something happens to Everett, that can basically be how you delay what's happening with Tariq and focus on, wait, this Kane Tejada guy, maybe we, it, it would make the police take a, take a look back and say, wait a second, we need to see what else this character has done. Not just the fact that he's killed Everett, but maybe he also has something to do with what happened with Tariq. So I kind of feel like that's an angle that they could take. But to answer your question, Gary, I, I kind of feel like after the little fight that they had in this episode, I think Kane is going to basically take out Everett at some point in time. Um, Drew is going to continue to struggle with this. We saw he struggled with it in this episode. Uh, that's why I don't think he's going to be doing it, but, but, but I, I, that's why I don't think that he's going to ultimately do it. But one way or another, Kane is, is going to get involved because I initially thought, when well, we saw the preview for next week, I initially thought that Kane was going to get involved with, like, let's say we know that Drew was supposed to take out one of the targets. I thought Kane was going to get involved in that and basically take out the target before Drew had opportunity to do, to do so. Maybe that's what they're going to do with Everett instead. But we'll see. But either way, I, I, I definitely think that Kane will probably be the one that does that, and that will push Drew over the edge even further because he'll be a lot more angry. he has to deal with his brother, and he may want to get payback immediately. So we have to see how that plays out. Yeah, that that would make sense because, you know, um, because then that could play into the Tariq situation, like you mentioned. So Mm -hmm. I guess it would make sense for it to play out that way. Uh, But yeah, uh, is there like Dana, what do you think? Is there any chance at all that Drew might, you know, end up being the one to take out Everett? Or do you think, you know, Richard has has it spot on? Here's the problem with taking out Everett. 
Remember mm. that lovely scene with Detective Nosy Butts, Kevin? Yep. <laughs> Kevin knocking at the door and peeking all in there and sees drawers all on the floor and like, oh, there's some underwear and things are going on. He <laughs> is nosy. He is like the Karen of the cops right now. <laughs> and as a result, he's going to figure out what the relationship, I believe he's going to start sneaking and stalking and figure out what the relationship is and who the guy is who was in that room, even though it may have nothing to do with this case. Um, and so as a result, if Everett dies, that's going to put up Karen's ears even more. And he's going to be way more attached to this case, even more than he has been previously. And now he may end up blaming Carrie for all we know, but at the end of the day, it's going to bring, bring way more attention that's not needed to the family. And as we figured out, Kane and Tariq need each other. So if one person goes down, everyone else goes down. So the stupid thing to do is to kill Everett, at least right now. Um, I think it's best to just wait it out. Um, let Everett kind of, even if Everett keeps talking and you still tell him to please shut up and he keeps talking, he's going to eventually dig his own grave. I do believe this, but they could drag this out like they did with the whole, uh, what was the guy? Was it Drew from, from the other power? I forgot the guy's name, but you know who I'm talking about. The light-skinned guy who was supposed Dre. Sorry. Yeah, Dre. So they can drag this whole thing out like they did Dre's death. But I do believe that if you pull the trigger, literally, right now, it's going to cause way too much um, attention. And right now, he needs to live. Now, will it be Drew? I really want it to be. Because it'll be too easy if it's Lorenzo or if it's Kane or even if it's Tariq we need something to feel that kind of heartbreak that we that you know that you need remember when we when we saw the other what was it Raisin Kanan and and between the two girls jukebox and that white girl and she she died and we had that heartbreak and I was like crying in the corner we need something where the characters just break we need for Drew to completely break and I think that if we're gonna go the whole godfather Michael Colleone situation it can't be somebody else it has to be him. He has to come into his own. And by coming into your own, you got to kill your first love. That's like the, the goal of every, what, mobster movie drug thing. So, yeah, become the person who you're supposed to be. The destiny. So it has to be by him, but not right now. Go ahead, Rich. I agree 100% with everything that Dana said. And, I, and the idea came to mind as you was talking. What if it's a situation there where... Kane does something, maybe he does something to threaten Everett or injures him, and that makes Everett have to go out and say, okay, no, now I have to, I have to, he basically, maybe he tells Kevin something to some effect. Then, yes, at that point, yes, then all of a sudden, Drew would have to be the one to take him out. Because one thing I do recall last season, when <clears throat> we had the whole situation with Jabari, uh, Gary's favorite character from last season, the fact that Kane was the one that, that shot him first and then you made Tariq finish the job, I kind of feel like that's the sim- it's a similar pattern where Kane could start something up with, with Everett and then now forcing Drew to have to take him out. So that works, but we'll see what happens. But I agree with you 100%, Dana. I think Drew needs to take him out because, yes, it, it will complete the transformation of the character that he is becoming 
as well. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That that also makes sense. I do agree that that would be the, the, the better heartbreak moment if it if it was him. Um, but yeah, I guess it depends on where they're sort of taking the plot and, and, and these characters in particular. Because uh, if they want to play on that tension between Drew and and, uh, and Kane, then it makes sense for Kane to do it. But then, you know, if they want if they want Drew to come full circle and be that Michael Corleone, then um, yeah, it does make sense that he would be the one. And you know that that could happen if if Everett suddenly starts talking again, you know, um, or opening up. So uh, yeah, um, I guess we gotta wait and see uh, how, where where they take this. But great great thoughts there from both of you. Um, so yeah, there's some other things here to address. So. Let's get to uh, let's get to some Tariq stuff now. So um, he's having a lot of uh, you know a lot of female drama at the moment. But um, one of the the big things in this episode was Lauren, of course. And um, as you mentioned, Rich, um, you know, there's that scene where he's talking to Davis and uh, and Sax, and you know they bring up the fact that you know there was somebody else. Um, who actually cooperated on on the investigation or whatever, and then you have that moment where Sax is like, uh, you know, um, who was your girlfriend again? And then you know he shows him the picture and he remembers, but he he didn't tell Tariq that you know he saw her at the DA office, but you know he remembers. So, and then later on, you know, um, Lauren actually uh, is there when Diana shows up. And then, you know, Tariq is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I was told by my lawyers not to, to speak to you right now. So, <laughs> you know, he basically closes the door on her. But so my question is, because they're, they're really teasing this, you know, we, we also had the scene where uh, Davis McLean finds out that, you know, um, that Carrie was involved and then he goes to see her about it and everything. So my question here is, um, do you think Tariq is going to find out about Lauren's involvement and the fact she wore the wire and everything? And when he, if and when he does, what is his reaction going to be? Like, how how is he going to handle that? Because, you know, if, uh, I'm sure if it was Ghost or Tommy or someone like that, their first instinct would be to get rid of that person, you know, like, because they know too much, they betrayed them or whatever. But Tariq has shown that he's not exactly taking his father's path and that he's going to do things his way. He's going to do things a little differently. Um, so what do you think his reaction might be um, if he, you know, finds out that Lauren wore a wire and she was involved in, in him getting locked up and everything? So, um, Dana, do you, you do you have any thoughts on that? So so what you're saying is he becomes his mother and kills his little best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, here's Lost the thing. <laughs> And this is why I would say it's too easy for him to just kill her. And it's like, it's kind of corny because of this. Tariq, as we already shown, has the ability to talk to people and he has the ability to rationalize. We have that whole situation with Brayton, right? And remember how they had that big separation of, I hate you, you're garbage juice. And then the next day, you know, they talked it out. Hey, we're best friends forever. And then he's going to betray him again. But the point is, he has the ability to talk. 
right now he's really angry. And so he's really dismissing Lauren and Lauren is in his in her feelings because of the whole Diana situation. But I think if you just sat down and Lauren explained her point of view and how she was also, she was very manipulated. And remember, she even brought that up to class. The whole kind of, remember, there was like one side of the class that was like for Tariq and the other one was like against Tariq. And now that the whole school knows that Carrie's running around sleeping with everyone, you know, more things will I feel is going to come out about Carrie and her behavior. So I think that if he, she explains what's really going on and what happened, yes, he's going to be very mad because still at the end of the day, she agreed to wear the watch. At the end of the day, the watch was still recording, but she was being manipulated and he knows what it's like to be manipulated by other people. And he knows what it's like to go up against, you know, the criminal court system, especially what we have now. Will their relationship ever be what it was once before? Absolutely not. But I do want them to have a, an understanding. And I want for Lauren to find peace within this and to go on with her life. Where you don't have to be best friends anymore, but I can at least say hello to you and not have this wave of feeling of, baby, please take me back. And that desperation that she has in her eye. And, and I need for Tariq to also be at peace and to not jump into situations, especially with Diane, because he's trying to, I'm not going to say get back at Lauren, but he is hurt by that situation. I do really feel that, you know, she, 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 she was the one who, from my understanding, she broke up with him. Correct. Dodd, he broke up yeah. with her. When he, uh, when he got out of, uh, you know, prison. Yeah, um, that's right. She wasn't there when he was in the in the thing, and so he kind of broke up with her. And and that she was hurting, and he was hurt. They're both hurt people because they wasn't there for each other. And she's trying to explain, and he's still in his feelings, and she's in her feelings, and she's trying to work towards getting on his good side. And I feel that again, a conversation. It would help. We would all understand that Carrie is the common en enemy right now. Uh, and and maybe we can set that, you know, toward our anger towards her a wee bit more instead of towards each other. I don't want Lauren to die. I like Lauren. Lauren, technically, if you really look at the situation, she didn't really do anything wrong. She's a very young kid who was manipulated by adults. And she was manipulated by Carrie, whose only purpose and sole goal was to get rid of Tariq. And she was blinded because her little if you really looked at it her her ding dong was was taken away from her not so much that she really genuinely cared and loved jabari her ding dong was gone and if you looked at the whole history and i'm not saying that you know it's sad or bad or anything but she has a history of this and 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 because of that being taken away from her and she wasn't the one who, who refused it, I think that's why she she's going after people so much. And so I think that it would be best if everyone just focused their attention on Carrie and not being angry at each other. And also really interesting was remember when I was listening to the podcast, what was it? The space it was like Twitter spaces, you would say? It was the equivalent of Clubhouse, yeah. Or Clubhouse, yeah. That was definitely no, um, some sort of endorsement or something. Like, that That was thrown in there. Like, they wanted people to see that. So. Yeah, but the, I don't know how that fully goes. But the fact that she was still creeping into a bunch of teenagers' conversations was weird. 
was very, very weird. And I don't think you can use that either way in a court of law. And it just it makes her look like she's a predator and a stalker. Uh oh. It, it does. She and we yep. already know she has predatory behavior. She's going with her students. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fact, you know, everybody's not it's 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 wrong. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. So I think the main purpose is to get rid of Carrie. Either get her fired or I don't want necessarily you should die, but just go get fired. Mm-hmm. No, oh. don't, don't kill my Carrie, man. <laughs> stay alive. Oh, snap. Uh, he has a new Angela replacement. Yeah, yeah, he does. I, I, just, I, just, I just was about to say, uh, yeah, she's a, very, she's a very dangerous character, but uh, we know that Gary would love to take some of her classes. So, oh yeah, I, I'd be a, a A plus student in her. <laughs> oh, the plus for but something yeah, um, else. No. Disney yeah. Plus thrust. <laughs> yeah, um, great comments, uh, Dana, on the, on the whole uh, Lauren situation. Um, man, what was I going to say? I had a point to make about that. Um, I don't quite remember, but it will come back to me. But for now, we'll go to. Uh, Richard, so what do you think about uh, you know the whole Lauren situation? Uh, do you think Tariq is going to find out and and that she was involved in the case? And if he does, you know what is he going to do about that? So go ahead. So here's the situation. Uh, I do believe that Lauren that Tariq is going to eventually find out about Lauren. It's a very complicated situation because Lauren is actually the only character that Tariq opened up to and showed a bit more of what's happening with his family. So Yaz has a connection to Lauren as well. You recall when they had that interaction, she met her. She thought she's so pretty. Is she is she your girlfriend? So I kind of feel like he's in a complicated situation with that. Even if you don't want her to be a part of what you have going on. We did see it this episode when he heard about the raid, he wanted to talk to her at that point. Just to find out what 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 happened, what that was all about. And then later in this episode, didn't want to talk to her at all because, you know, he had company in the form of Diana over there. So I kind of feel like it's a complicated situation with Tariq and how he interacts with her. I do figure he is going to eventually find out. I don't think that he would kill her. Um, and I do think that she did, she may have a chance to redeem herself, but it really, I think, is going to depend on what happens in the next episode because we do know that she also has to testify in this court trial against him and so this could be a similar situation to when if you recall angela had to testify when ghost was 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 basically in in prison and that's what i think that they're playing around with here to try to recreate that scene but it is probably going to play out totally different but yeah i kind of feel like based on what she says in that testimony it may help to repair the relationship but i think that again it's complicated because we saw that Tariq is messing around with multiple women at the same time you know, I kind of would hope to say, hey, I hope none of these women end up pregnant. But I kind of feel like what Dana, what Dana said earlier about Diana and the fact that Monet doesn't open up and tell Diana about what happened with her having Zeke at an early age. I would not be surprised if Diana is the one that ends up pregnant because everything is a secret now where she's not supposed to tell Monet. Oh, I, I'm, I can't tell Monet I was up at the school messing with Tariq. And so I kind of feel like that's going to backfire. But again. And we already know that Lauren does not get well, does not get along well with Diana. So obviously that's an issue. Effie, the same, same thing. And Effie and Diana, who are supposedly friends, 
I'm curious to see how they have their little interaction after they find that Tariq also been messing around with both of them as well. So it's not a, a good situation for Tariq. Uh, obviously, as a fan, you possibly want to root for him to end up with Lauren. I mean, depending on who you ask, some people want to see him end up with Effie. But at the end of the day, um, the Lauren situation is complicated because, again, that's the only character who he opened up a lot of his personal stuff to. Yes, he did tell Effie what was going on with him, the fact that he was involved in these murders. But again, none of these people met his sister. That was Lauren. So I'm curious to see how that relationship is going to evolve, especially now that she has to testify in this court case also. So we'll see what happens. Yo, you, you said something amazing right there. Like, cause it would be, it would be like fantastic if Diana exposes Monet um, for having like a whole uh, baby daddy, a whole fake like baby daddy or whatever, mm-hmm. and then she ends up pregnant with Tariq's baby, like that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that day, that, that that's something that Dana uh, suggested <laughs> is a possibility since uh, you know she hasn't been open and honest no. with uh, her kids. No, no, <laughs> yeah. why no? no. <laughs> it would be hilarious, you know. For it would be funny no. to watch. <laughs> no. Break the cycle. No. I, I want I want during that whole court situation for Lauren to spill the whole beans and the teas on Carrie and what Carrie's really doing. Oh, yeah. And I, yes. That's what I want. Yeah. And I want some of my students. Y'all want to know what's going on with them. Are they underage? What's going on? I, yeah, I think uh, she will do that. And one thing I do want to also add is I, I think the point that Gary made earlier on the show about they are setting up Carrie to be on influence. I 100 percent agree with that because the interaction she had with Tate in this episode when he saved her after the humiliating speech, that is going to lead to something maybe down the road. But uh, yeah, then then that way when she when she inevitably when she does eventually get fired from from the school then she can you know I don't know help Kate out with Kate Kate out with his campaign yeah but just, just going in there really quickly with the influence thing I thought it was yeah. so interesting that it was um, Tariq who basically saved Carrie um, during that whole situation with the dean and was like oh this is sexism. Oh, you mean Tate? Uh, Tate. Yes, yeah. sorry. Yeah, Tate. yeah, yep, yep, yeah. yeah. The whole Dean situation, and you know, he had the influence mm-hmm. to to not get her fired. But then, on the same time, he can also have the influence to get her fired. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't know. I You're right. Yeah, that that was great how that uh, unfolded. I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, going back to Lauren. So, yeah, I, I do agree that. Um, it would be interesting, you know, if she if she does give up, you know, what she knows in, in the trial and everything. But I have I also have another theory that, you know, um, could relate to an earlier scene in the season. So we saw when Kane showed up to, you know, Tariq's uh, dorm and Lauren actually came by and like she she had that brief moment of meeting Kane and everything. So. One of my theories is that, you know, maybe Tariq finds out that Lauren uh, was involved in the case, but then he kind of goes to talk, talks to her um, after the fact, and then he might even persuade her to lie in her testimony and say that it was actually Kane, like that she saw Kane 
in his room planning the evidence, you know, and that, you know, because he, he could put that bug in her ear and let her know, look, if you want to help me, if you want to help my sister, you know, this is what you should do, you know, and then that would make Lauren redeemable to Tariq. Like they, they would, you know, may possibly get back together in the future or maybe not, who knows, but that's another theory I have. But Dana, I, I guess you don't like that theory. What, what's your thoughts? <laughs> You're forgetting that whole tunnel scene. They said, if I go down, you go down. And that replies, that goes both ways. They both have to not be in jail. So if you put the little birdie in the ear and say, Kane, Kane is going to be like, well, here's the whole thing that happened. And have Tariq still end up in jail. So you can say, oh, it's ironic. He went after Kane, but then, you know, he ended up bringing down his own self. But then you have to remember the whole thing with the speech that he had with himself. Remember, he had that whole speech with himself and he has to do better in, in terms of he has to be smarter. And remember the speeches that they had. He has the ability to be smarter than his father. And he can be smarter than his father. So to do something, yes, I do believe that that would be something like, oh, I'm going to get you back. In like that 12-year-old way. But remember how he had uh, Kane actually, Kanan come to him in, in the ghost situation and be like, look, little man, you're stupid. Be smart. And explain to him how you have to, you know, go at it a different way. You just can't go directly. You have to hit them from different points that they're not going to expect. And even if you put Lauren involved, it still brings him down because of that connection. So you have to find something better, which is the exact same reason why he's not directly going after Monet or directly after Kane. So, no, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I, I don't think he's not going off to Kane. I think he still has it in his head that he does want no, to. No, I don't. I don't mean like you. Can, I don't mean like yo. You can't go after him. I mean in the sense of you yeah. can't go after him right now, and you can't go after yeah, him directly. Yeah, but that that would be a way for him to go to go after him through Lauren. It still brings like, him down. So, I know, I know, but like the way it's set up at the moment, it's like either one of them kind of has to fall. Um, either right that, or, either that, or one of them dies. Like, but not at this moment. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, we know because we know, then what happens? You bring out Lorenzo and Mecca and everybody else. We we know we know Tariq. It nothing ain't gonna happen to Tariq because this is the star yeah. of the show. He kill off Tariq, then that's it. The power is over. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not gonna die, and I don't think he's going back to prison. So it's well, like, how how is he gonna get out of the trial? Well, then Tariq has a son. Then he dies, and then the show continues with Tariq's son. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, no, no. So no. Go, uh, ghost, go, the ghost. Ghost, uh, book two, two, or something. Casper, like <laughs> the Tariq ghost. Yeah, but yeah, I do want the people to chime in on that because you know that is a pretty, pretty deep subject right there. So, what, what do you guys think is going to happen? You know, with the trial and uh, Lauren, you know, and the fact that she actually contributed to to that trial, you know, to the evidence and everything. It's Lauren so and Carrie, and it's Kevin. Me. Huh? Lori, Car- Lori, Carrie, Kevin might go down in that trial. Okay. But you need Kevin because Kevin is, is nosy and is going to figure out what's going to happen with with um, I, the whole uh, Drew situation. Yeah. What was you going to say, Rich? Can I can I just say that I'm not opposed to something bad happening to Kevin because I saw what happened to Kevin on our kind of people. So. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens with this character moving forward. That show's kind of bad. 
Yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> they sent me the screener. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I have to. Sorry. <laughs> so good. So, so yeah, staying on, um, staying on Tariq, you know, um, I mentioned the whole thing, you know, with Brayden earlier, the whole blackface, uh, you know, you guys brought it up too. Um, so would you like, what do you think is going to happen with that? Because we, we saw them have the discussion about it and Brayden was against, you know, um, giving that to, to Tate. Um, and then in the very next scene, like right after that discussion, you know, Tariq is, is in Tate's office telling him all about it. So clearly he didn't, he didn't, you know, value Braden's uh, opinion on that at all. Yeah, he just went straight ahead, you know. Um, so clearly, like his trial and his sister are like the most important thing to him. But then also, you know, Braden is thinking about his family too. So you know, um, now that Braden has overheard um, what Tate said to his dad, what do you think Braden's stance is going to be? You know, uh, next week in, in the next episode. So um, I'll go to you first, Richard. What do you think? Well, this is once again another complicated situation for Tariq. You saw how he told Braden this episode. Braden said, all right, bro, Uh, I will do what I can to protect your family. And I will say I laughed at the interaction he had with Tate afterward and how Tate was so angry. That is exactly the way that Tate should respond because Tate is the one that got Tariq out of jail preventing him from, uh, you know, basically staying in there for, for you know, at least for, for right now. So that was a very realistic a, a way that he responded to that. It made sense. But I kind of feel like either way, Tariq is going to have to be very creative trying to figure out a way to get this to work at his advantage. I thought to myself, as a graphic artist, can't he just Photoshop the, the image and take his father out of, you know, out of the picture completely? But yeah, I guess not. I was thinking that the whole time. Like, don't, don't these people know how to crop? Like, yeah. <laughs> crop, I, crop my thing is, if you photograph something, not photograph, if you Photoshop something, wouldn't it automatically look like it, the picture itself is Photoshopped? So then that would make you less credible? I mean, there there are ways to yes, that that's a that's a positive that's that's possible. But there are ways where you can edit a picture where it still looks like it's a believable image. But if you do uh, forensic science, then no. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it, that's why I say they have to be creative to figure this out because he has to make a decision: Are you going to blow up Braden's family, his entire family, or are you going to basically, you know, listen to Braden and then put yourself in, in jeopardy? Um, I don't really know, but I, I did find it hilarious that Tate immediately would try to blackmail his father. Uh, I, I That scene, I laughed because it's like, you know, you saw the guy is like, well, what are you talking about? Blackmail? And then immediately all of a sudden his face gets serious when Tate says, no, blackface. So that was very good writing, very hilarious uh, interaction. But it, it's it's a very tricky situation for Tariq because... After all of the loyalty, you know, the, he had his falling out with Braden in the previous episode. So they are on a path to working together, still working together. But I kind of feel like this is not going to end well. And if you guys recall earlier this season, when they set up the whole business operation, Braden signed off on that paperwork. So it, it, this is this is a situation to to keep an eye out for. How is it going to impact their relationship working together? How is it going imp- to impact course correct all of this stuff? Because I feel like if 
if Tariq is willing to put Braden's family out there, then that may make Braden feel like, okay, maybe I need to expose some stuff about what you're doing, Tariq, to some extent. So, and, and we already know that to, that Braden has been working with, you know, his his whole deal was to get close to Kane to continue to work with them. But what if he decides after this, you know, maybe I will side with Kane and actually legitimately work for him. So it's it's a bad situation. So we'll see. Go ahead, Dana. <laughs> no, I'm just sitting here like, yeah, woo, woo, the points. I'm getting it. Yeah, what you're saying is great because I agree, and I was going to bring that up as well. My thing is, Brayton, at the end of the day, doesn't need anyone. Mm-hmm. He has the money. He has the power. He has the influence, and he knows what to do. He's not stupid. Um, he knows how to 3D print and put things together and to make his own form of income. And he has that whole streak where, like, this is fun with him for him. I don't think he's going to stop this come Tariq or anyone because he, to him, it's enjoyable. It's how he wants to spend his time. It's his hobby that he really wants to make his own business. And he's not doing it for the money. And you know right there that you're unstoppable when you're not doing it for the money. When you have the whole connection with Kane, once that situation comes out with the whole, oh, the black face and the family, he's going to feel like he's deeply portrayed. And Kane is going to be there like, my boy, I've always been here for you and play him, you know, continue to play him. And Braden, none the wiser. Well, he, he's wise because, you know, they had the conversation, but because I feel that he is kind of so hurt with Tariq because you're not just you brought down the uncle but you brought down the whole family you brought down the family name when you say something like oh because remember it wasn't just him and blackface is OJ his father was Nicole Simpson mm-hmm. all beaten up as well um so it involves the father and for the record there's been a lot of pictures of that that float around of people in blackface as OJ and Nicole um <laughs> And I was like, oh, shoot, we're making this real. Okay, so the point is that I'm trying to make is that, you know, you bring down the entire family, and that will have ripple effects. Remember, again, the daughter is not going to be able to get into Stanfield. He probably, I don't know if he'll get kicked out, but people are definitely going to be looking at him sideways. You you want to stay away from that name. If you just look at it really recently, look at the Cuomo brothers, Andrew and Chris Cuomo here in America. Mm-hmm. You probably don't know, uh, Kane stunt double, but here in America – one brother, you know, they, they did something with Shiwashi, and now they're both gone. And it's a trickle-down thing. That one thing, they, they tried to get the main brother, Andrew, and how it trickled down to Chris, and both brothers are gone. And that, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. That is a very good example. I just was going to say that. Continue. Mm-hmm. So, so it's going to have those ripple effects. And Brayden is going to be looking like, oh, well, if your uncle did it and your dad did it, well, then clearly you're the racist and you're just running around with black people because, you know, you want to, you be, I don't know, make fun of the black people and say that you're black and probably use a black scent. And that's going to be a whole thing for him as well. And, and so that'll ruin his happiness and his joy. So he's going to run to Canaan. And I just feel that. To my whole thing is Tate is the person who really doesn't care. He's just there for his political seat. And I wonder, you know, how this is going to play out. And, you know, you're dealing with one political family against another political family. And one is like a white privilege family. And then also another thing about white privilege. Remember that line that he said? Oh, you, you, you don't believe in white privilege until you have to use it. He said that to, to Braden, so that was just another thing that was really interesting. I'm pretty sure it's not related, but the point I'm trying to make is that 
Kane is going to be the one who's going to still be able to use and manipulate Brayden. And mm-hmm. he's going to use and manipulate Brayden against Tariq. And if you have, remember, there's a three-person system that they had. It was Lauren, uh, 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 Brayden, and Tariq. And you have one person down. I wonder how that's going to impact what they're doing on their side, especially with course correct. And then you have Brayden, who has the privilege, has the power. Will he then expose Tariq and his secret with that whole course correct situation because you can be committed for the exact same crime, but because um, Braden has the power, the money, the whiteness, he can get off scot-free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've seen it plenty of times with like stand your ground situations where the black person has got, you know, 99 years and then the kid, the white kid is off, you know, two months probation. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what's really going to happen there. Yeah, you, you made an excellent point um, about, you know, if if that if the photo does come out, that is going to affect Brayden and his family in a bigger way. And I think we'll see that, you know, like because Brayden is, is attending Stansfield and that's a multicultural, you know, um, school. So people are going to be looking at him crazy, you know, uh, when that comes out. So, yeah, you made a great point, um, you know, that they can do a lot with that, with you know, if that comes out. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Braden is wrong for wanting to protect his family because it's a natural thing. And of course, you know, he knows that it might have consequences for him too. But yeah, um, it's yeah, that is it's a complicated thing, you know, because already, you know, like because last week they kind of reconciled, they they became friends again, and now already that friendship is being put to the test. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I definitely want to see because then because there's the whole Kane aspect, like you mentioned as well, Dana. You know, Kane kind of has like a bond now with Brayden, so so it's like you know, is Brayden going to be like you know, wow, Kanan doesn't? I mean, Tariq doesn't care about me, so so let me you know let me go with with Kane and do some stuff with him. You know, is he going to be like that? Is he going to be spiteful? Um, so it raises a lot of questions, um, and it's a very complex issue. Um, so, yeah, uh, was you going to say and something? The whole time I was wondering, yeah, the whole time I was wondering, maybe this is, uh, you know how people have cameras in their homes? Yeah. I was wondering because the he doesn't live in like a regular apartment. It's kind of like, you know, a big rich white people thing with the penthouse and stuff going around. I was wondering if there were cameras that actually could prove that he was the one who took the photo. So then that way the family would turn on Braden. To be like, oh, you're the one who, who got the photo out. So that's kind of what I was wondering. So then he'll he'll lose his family on top of losing everything else. Yeah, and they, also, they why would you keep a photo like that in your family album? Oh my god, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree. Uh, can I just make a quick comment? I, I just want to say... Um, Whatever happens with the Sweeney situation, I'm looking forward to it because it pretty much sets up an adversary that Tate is going to have to deal with once he gets that governor seat for his show. Because, you know, every every show needs some some adversaries. So, yeah, I think that's definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of how they're going to play, you know, make this uh, storyline play out. But that's going to happen at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and and I like you know I like a lot of the building of this uh, power universe because it is starting to feel very real now. Like all these connections, you mm-hmm. know, characters, and I'm pretty sure when influence does come on, 
you know, we're going to see a lot of, like, these characters show up there too, like maybe even Tariq, you know, uh, I can see Brayden and his family showing up maybe, you know. Um, so it's pretty cool that they're, you know, doing this whole universe thing. Um, but yeah, that that's all the, uh, the questions for this week. But did you guys have, like, any other points about this episode that you kind of wanted to highlight before we uh, end off? Um, go ahead, Dana. One of the things that was really interesting during the fight was that, you know, Drew told Kane that um, he thinks that he's invincible because of his father. And and he basically said that he was um, a guard dog with a new master. <laughs> so, and that's when Kane was like, screw you, and they started fighting. Um, I wonder if that, you know, he said it in passing and he said it in an argument, but I was wondering if that will stay with Kane. And as a result, you can see, you know, right now we see he's always trying to get into his father's good graces. Maybe he just may not care anymore and he'll end up walking, not walking away, but trying to um, in, in, in impact what other people are doing. You know what I mean? Like uh, keep, what's that word when you keep, you're always into something and you're trying to make it negative for someone else, but they'll always be involved to, to stop his father and his brother's success. I can't think of that word, but I, I wonder if, you know, he will take those words to heart and will try to go against his father and build something on his own and be like, you know, I'm my own guard dog in that sense. Yeah. You mean Kane, right? Uh, Kane, not Drew. Cause remember Drew yeah. was the one who said, Drew was the one who said that to Kane and that's when Kane really went off. Because he yep. was like, oh, you think you're big and bad. You know, you're working with mom, but no, you just basically switched masters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a female dog, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, Kane, Kane has uh, an independent streak to him sometimes. Um, yeah, and it seems like, it really does seem like Monet and Lorenzo keep him on a leash a little bit, but, you know, what's going to happen when he gets off that leash, you know, when he, when he can really make his own decisions and do things on his own. We saw a glimpse of that last season and that's when he ended up, you know, killing uh, uh, the, the cop Ramirez. So, you know, he, he can be very dangerous if, if he doesn't have that guidance. So uh, it will be interesting for sure to see him like that. But go ahead, and you're going to say. I was just really interested. You didn't bring up the fact that they need $500,000 mm-hmm. and they have no supply. And they're basically, he has to figure out how to do it on his own, $500,000 in order to pay for the lawyer. And Kane yes. like, well, that's not my problem. That, what you just said right there, that goes along with everything that you said about Kane trying to control Braden and trying to control Tariq. Because by telling him that, again, it, 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 it is good writing because it's going to make you think, well, how is Tariq going to get out of the situation? He already said he's not going to do the plea deal. And he's not going to snitch. So you really have to think, what type of creative loophole are they going to put into this show to make you see how he's going to get out of it? So it's it's a lot to really chew on, but it's good from a writing standpoint. But yes, $500,000, that's a hell of a lot of money. You know, I mean, uh, I'll be happy with just 2000 Please send it to me in, in all cash and I'll be good. I'm, I'm yeah. happy with 500000 <laughs> like you can keep your two thousand. I just, I just want my five hundred thousand. Yeah, that's, that's very nice. But yeah, that was like the 
because that's a big thing going yeah. forward. Like, how is he going to get the money? And if once Braden, because he found out about the photo, so is Braden going to be there to help him? Is it just him and Lauren? Uh, I definitely think he's gonna. He's gonna not Lauren. Diana. Sorry. No Effie. Effie. Yeah. Jesus, I'm screwing all these names. Effie. Yeah. So sorry. Um, Well, I well I I don't I don't know the answer to that, but what I do know is that there there are multiple multiple occasions now where Kane tells Tariq, "Oh, that sounds like a you problem." So now I'm expecting when Kane eventually gets taken down or is in trouble, he says something. Tariq is going to say, "Oh, that sounds like a you problem." That's going to happen because multiple times he's told that to Tariq. So, yeah, we'll see about that. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and then also, I'm I'm looking forward to what that vengeance is going to be with the whole. Because that, you know, that's a very significant quote, Ezekiel mm-hmm. 2517. And remember, that was that whole Pulp Fiction scene. And then he would kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... That is, I want to know what's going on with his plan, and I really am interested to know how he will involve Kane, or if Kane will even be involved. Mm-hmm. How that dynamic will play out, and what side will Kane take? Yeah, yeah. That's something that's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, anything else, Rich? Did you have anything? You wanted to like highlight? Oh no, I I just was going to say yeah, it's it's a fantastic episode. I think we did a pretty good job the dissecting a lot of the points in the episode, and of course some of the some of the tidbits of information that people might have missed. I definitely would encourage uh, everybody, you know, leave your thoughts on what you thought about the episode. Maybe answer some of the questions that we have, and also I know a lot of you always have great theories, so I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the episode as well. But yeah, uh, great episode. Looking forward to seeing what happens in the next three episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a great episode. I really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, it didn't feel as like, uh, you know, because the last few felt like really fast and like, you know, mashed together kind of thing. Like they were trying to get through so much. But this one was definitely well paced. So mm-hmm. uh, props to the writing team on that one. Go ahead, Daniel. Sorry, because my notes are all over the place. It was mm-hmm. utterly hilarious in that car with McLean and Kane, yeah. he thought he could threaten yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> so McLean just—he felt like he was just so bored because he's been in this situation before, and how easy it was to just ID him, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, Kane." Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that that you know, kudos for that scene because that was just ridiculous and hilarious, and this kind of made Kane look like a child. <laughs> and then yeah that was that was that was very genius and it kind of made me wonder if he's that easy to identify what who or whom other what other people are going to be able to identify him in something else mm-hmm. will for example it be like an attempted murder on everett but everett doesn't die I'm like oh it was Kane. yep yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah many possibilities there but but yeah, I, I did like how uh, Method Man acted that scene because, like you said, they, you know, it, it felt like, oh, he's been through this before. Like this is just <laughs> it's a normal Tuesday for him. Like this happens all the time. Like so, yeah, that that was very telling of Davis's character uh, in that moment. So, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, um, 
great episode. Uh, I guess, you know, that's going to be it for this week, but we will be back again for episode eight. Um, and yeah, we're going to get to our shout outs now. So uh, Dana, go ahead. You got any shout outs? Um, shout outs to everyone who listens to us and watches the show. Uh, we love your support. So thank you very much. We read all of the comments, all of the mean ones. And yes, I do re- watch the show all the time. I have bad memory because remember, we get this in advance. Haha. So um, thank you for that. Um, also, um, there will be some more BMF information that we'll be dropping. Uh, we just did an interview. Tomorrow, it's going to be like a little two-minute clip thing where they're going to announce what are some of the details involving season two. And also, it deals a lot with time jumps. We have some time jumps that um, BMF has done in the in the previous season. And so how that will come into play and how the story is going to be structured. Um, for BMF season two and whether or not that will continue for what we've seen in season one and what their goals and their plans are. And we have that coming up and we have a much larger interview with the cast of BMF and everything that has happened in season one and where they grow and go from in season two. So that'll be this weekend. Nice. Looking forward to it. Uh, That was a great show also. So yeah, I'm sure people will be on the lookout for that. Um, how about you, Rich? Any shout-outs? Yeah, definitely give a shout-out to everybody that continues to leave uh, comments. Also, uh, negative or positive. Because, um, yeah, uh, I, I definitely like to hear the feedback. But I especially like when people leave a comment and it's and it's a well-thought-out theory as to what they think is going to happen or just a thought or reaction to the show. So definitely I would encourage you to keep leaving those comments because they're great they spark very great conversations among all of us. So definitely do that. Um, and yes, we appreciate your continued support. We look forward to coming back again next week and uh, stay tuned. We have a lot of other things coming for as far as power universe force, is concerned. Force is coming up. Yeah. yeah. February. Is coming. Yeah. Cannot wait. Um, but yeah, Big shouts to, you know, all the, the listeners, supporters, all the people who come back every week and, and listen, you know, and people who leave comments. Uh, I echo what Rich says. I love reading all the different theories and thoughts of what people are saying um, and everything. So, yeah, big shouts to all the regulars, man. Like, we, we love you for real. It's, you, you guys are why we do this. So, so yeah, big shouts. But, um, yeah, that is going to be it. We will be back next week. So until then, take good care of yourselves and we'll, we'll see you then.